Moshe. To thank our week of learning sponsors, Ira and Miriam Grossman, in honor of their 50th wedding anniversary, and Adam and Leslie Rosen in the Schusser of for Esther Bas Soro. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatoro, all of those who require a refuah shavuot with, together with Kol Chol the Yisrael, all of the neshamas should have an aliyah and the families a nechama. With that, let us begin. We have a lot to do today. A really, really incredible daf. Today's daf is Kuf Vav One O Six. We are picking up on One O Five B Kuf Hey Amud Beis. Bosei, we're picking up eleven lines up from before the lines get wide. So it's not, uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say the number of lines are from the bottom. Right, so 11, 11 lines are from where the lines get wide. So I'll say, if you remember again, we left off in the middle of a pretty dramatic story of a bit of a showdown between Rabbi Shmab, Rabbi Yossi, and Avdon. Right, Rabbi Shmab, Yossi was late, not late, but because he was very heavy, it took him some time to get into Shir. Rabbi Shir and Rabbi Yossi, excuse me, and Avdon, gave him some significant, and as we're kind of going to see, some, some unwarranted musr. So the Gemara then goes on to the story. The Gemara says, the Gemara says, um, the Gemara says as follows. All right, so while, while they were having this exchange, a Yevama came before Rebbe. A woman came in. So Rebbe said to Avdan, look, Go take her, and someone has to examine her. Because at the end of the day, what they have to see was, is she a gidola or is she a kitana? Right? What, what age is she? In other words, and is she subject to yibum? Lebasar dinafak, after Avdon left, Amr Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel said, Kach Amar Abba, this is what my father Rabbi Yossi said, Ish Kasuba Parsha. The Torah, when speaking about yibum, only makes reference to an ish, meaning that the man in question has to be an adult. Has to be an adult. Aval Isha ben Gidola ben Kitana. But the woman in question, right, could be a Gidola or a Kitana. Amr Leisa Rebbe says, Ah, ta lot sarichis kvar horazakin. Rebbe said to Avdan, Stop, stop, no examination is necessary because the Zakin Rabbiosi has already paskind that a woman, even if she is a minor or girl, even if she is a minor, is subject to chalitza. So the Gemara says, Kapos, ka, kamifsa avdan va'asi. So I will say, so now at this point in time, remember, all of this is happening, just to give you the context, all of this is happening while the Tamidim, the students, are seated in shir. Remember again, why did Avdan get upset at Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yossi? Why did he get upset? Because he said, why are you trampling on the heads of the Talmidim? Because everyone's seated on the floor. Rabbi Shabiyosi is walking in. Again, I'm not calling him late. He wasn't late. It was just taking him time to get to his seat. So it looked like he was walking on the top. So now the roles are reversed. Now, Avdon is the one who left and is coming back. Rabbi Shabiyosi says to him, Amalei. I'm sorry. Kapasa kamifsa Avdon va'asi. Amalei Rabbi Shmuel Rabiyosi. He who is needed by the holy nation could trample or could walk upon the heads of the holy nation. Whoever is not needed by the holy nation, how is he permitted to go ahead and walk on the heads of the holy people? So gives back Mosra to Avdon because he felt very mistreated and rightfully so by Avdon. And he says to Avdon, listen, 
Only those who are absolute, absolutely necessary for the Am have the ability to take certain liberties with the Kavod of the Am. But those who are not absolutely necessary for the Am can't take liberties. Rabbi Yosha Riosi telling Avdan, you don't really have a right to walk in and look like you're walking on top of people. Or the truth is, I will say, what he's really saying to Avdan is what? You can't trample on people. You can't trample on people. And of course, a reference again to the fact that Avdan really trampled unnecessarily on the feelings and on the cover of Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi said to Avdan, stay where you are. Now, Bose, if remember again in yesterday's daf, we saw that the Gemara held Rebbe accountable for not intervening in this exchange. Here, Rebbe intervenes. And Rebbe says to Avdan, stay where you are. Mm-hmm. In other words, essentially siding with Rabbi Shalom Rabbi Yossi and telling him, telling Avdan, you can't walk into the base Medrash now. Ta'ana, Ba'osa Shah, so Bose, Avdan was punished for his treatment of Rabbi Shalom Rabbi Yossi. And what happened to him? Ta'ana Ba'osa Shah, Nitztara Avdan, Listen to this. Avdon got saras. Tavu banov. His two sons drowned. Mianu kalosav. His two daughters-in-law did miyun. So I will say, pretty, pretty significant, pretty significant punishment. Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak, Baruch Rachmana de Kaspe la Avdon bahe Amo. Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak said, Baruch Hashem, that Avdon was punished for his transgression in this world. In this world, so that's, that's the end of the story. But again, a lot to see on this story also, but really quite a dramatic thing about how careful we have to be with how we treat one another. In other words, at the end of the day, what did Avdon do? What did Avdon do? Avdon disrespected a Tamut Chacham. That's what he did. And again, in Avdon's defense, I don't think it was meant in a malicious way. And I've done the defense. He thought that Rabbi Shalom Riosi was really acting inappropriately. So he took him to task for it. But you see how careful we have to be in how we treat one another, in how we deal with the dignity of one another. It's amazing. I'm Rabbi, I'm Rabbi Ami. So I'll say, jumping back to Allah for just a moment. I'm Rabbi Ami. Bidrav Shal Rabbi Nilmad Nilmad. I will say, from the words of Rabbi Yossi, we can learn the following. Ketana Cholatas Bapoatos. A ketana can do chalitza when she reaches the age of puatos. I will say, what's the age of puatos? Rashi points out over here, this is the age when a minor is recognized that their transaction is binding. So I will say, it's interesting, usually the age, Rashi points out the age of seven or eight, where if a minor engages in a transaction, we assume that there's enough das to make the transaction binding. Rava Amar Achetagil Onas Devarim, sorry, Nidarim. Rava says that a girl could do chalitza once she gets to the age of Nidarim. What's the age of Nidarim? A year before Bas Mitzvah. Rabbi say, what's the halacha of Hilchasa? Ad Saros. say, the halacha is like as we saw in the Mishnah, namely, she has to have reached physical maturity. So Rabbi say, the way we pask in halacha lamaisa is that just as a man has to be a gadol in order to be able to go out and do chalitza, so to a woman must be an adult must be an adult, so she must have reached the age of 12 years old in one day, showed signs of physical maturation. If she's any younger than that, then as the Mishnah taught us, that chalitza would be invalid, and you would have to do chalitza again when she reaches the age of adulthood. That's how he passed out. Next, chalitza b'shnaim. So remember again, we saw in the b'raisa, our Mishnah said you need a, you need a bezdin. 
right? You need three people for chalitza. We saw Bryce that quoted, that quoted two opinions who held that chalitza is even valid with two. Says the Gemara, The halacha does not follow that pair of rabbinic sages who said all you need are two witnesses. We pass in the halacha lamaisi, you need, you need, th- not, not witnesses, in two people, we pass in you need three. We already learned this. Rav Nachman already said that Chalitza requires three people. So why do you have to say, two, why do you have to say both of these statements, right? Why do you have to say Chalitza requires three people and the halacha does not follow that pair of rabbis? It's the same thing. To which the Gemara says, I'll tell you why. Because we'll say, had it just said that, that, that you have to do chalitza with three, like Rav Nachman said, chalitza b'shlosha, I might have thought that's what? That's the chatchila. The chatchila, you should do chalitza in front of three people. But if you only did it in front of two people, what should be the halacha? What should be the halacha? It's valid. Therefore, again, we come along and we say, Ein halacha sazog. The halacha does not follow this particular pair of rabbis, and therefore, even bidi eved, you cannot do chalitza with two. Vyeshma, you know, in halacha kosazug. And if you would have said, just simply, the halacha doesn't follow that pair, el kitana kamo, havamina di eved, avalachatchila liboy chamisha. Wow. I would say, I might have thought like this. If you would have just said, the halacha doesn't follow this pair, who says you can do chalitza in front of two, I would have thought maybe halacha lamaisa lachatchila, you should require five. Like we saw earlier in this sugya, Kamash Malon, no, we pass like Rav Nachman, that Chalitza follows and requires three. So the Rose says, so far again, started off the morning with two strong pieces of Halacha Lamaisa. Number one, number one, that ultimately you can only do Chalitza with a woman once she becomes a Gidola. That's number one. Number two, we've reinforced Halacha that Chalitza requires a Beisdin of three. Beisdin of three, that's even true, Bidi Eved. We also see a, a strong piece of hashkafa lemaisa that we have to be careful how we treat the feelings and the dignity of another. Good. Maisa shechaltu. We both say this is fascinating. So remember again, the Mishnah had this story. The Mishnah had this story of Maisa shechaltu, right? There was this episode where they did chalitza with two, right? We'll say, what, what was the Lushan of the Mishnah? Lushan of the Mishnah was Maisa be'echad shechalat be'nole be'na be'beis ha'asurim. There was a story of a man and a woman who did chalitza in jail, in jail. The maise came of Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Akiva declared it a valid chalitza. Says the Gemara, I don't understand. If they're doing chalitza in jail, we'll say if the chalitza is occurring in jail, and assuming all there is is a man and a woman there, who's able to testify, right? In other words, what, what independent corroboration is there that chalitza occurred? The cases where witnesses saw the chalitza occurring outside. Witnesses saw the chalitza. Okay, so we'll say Ibailu. Now, we'll say, obviously, this is a little anticlimactic for us, right? Because we just established in the previous sugya that what do you need for a chalitza? What do you need? Basin of three. Okay, so we know this is not going to work but it's intriguing nevertheless. Here's fascinating. What's the case? Is the case of a man and woman who did chalitza outside in the world and they didn't know what the status was, 
So they brought the case to Rabbi Akiva, and it was Rabbi Akiva who was in jail. Remember again, Rabbi Akiva was incarcerated by the Romans. He dies in captivity. So at the end of the day, who's in jail? Is it, is it, is it Rabbi Akiva who's in or is the Maisa of Chalitza took place in the free world? And the, the Shailu was brought to Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Akiva was in jail. Or did the Chalitza occur in jail? To which, to which Rabbi Huda responds, name of Rav, both. The Maisa occurred in jail and the Shailu was brought to Rabbi Akiva in jail. Incredible. I both say, take a look. If you take a quick look at Tosis, the last Tosis on the Dafu, so again, Tosis is pointing out over here different girsos, but the girsa that the Gemara clearly had was that the event, the mice occurred in jail, and the Shiloh was brought before Rabbi Akiva in jail. Vim Tomar, Heich Vehechi Pashit Shamai Sabalafin Rabbi Akiva Besasurim, Follow Bav Rabbi Shlomar Diodea Hagimar Shebalafan of Besasurim Kidarim Birushalmi. Rabbi Yochanan said, This is incredible. Tosis goes to Yushalmi. Last two lines of Tosis. Rabbi Yochanan has Sandler Avar Kume Chavushin Rabbi Akiva. The Yushami tells the full story that Rabbi Yochanan HaSandler used to come before Rabbi Akiva's cell in jail. Now he used to come and he used to ask Rabbi Akiva Shilas, halachic questions. But she couldn't say it straight out, right? Because if you say it straight out, again, Rabbi Akiva could get into even more trouble. So he used to go ahead and like ask these veiled questions. Who requires needles? Who requires spindles? What if he did chalitza just a man and woman together? In other words, so he would kind of begin a mundane conversation with Rabbi Akiva, and then in the middle kind of, or at the end, throw in there a halachic shayla. So the shayla would go unnoticed. And Rabbi said this was the dialogue that Rabbi Yochanan would have with Rabbi Akiva. So Rabbi said the, the episode of the Mishnah is an episode which occurred in jail, man and woman in jail, Brought before Rabbi Akiva for a psak halacha in jail. Rabbi say top of kufuvav. Tan Rabbanon. Chalitza mutas. Ksher. Rabbi say this is a fascinating case. A mistake in chalitza. Right? A mistake in chalitza. Or, or more appropriately, a chalitza undertaken under mistaken pretenses. Is a kasher chalitza. Kasher chalitza. Says Rabbi say top line kufuvav amadalaf. Ezoi chalitza mutas. By the way, what's an example of a mistaken chalitza. Listen to this. Very simple. They will say, you're going to see, when are you going to have a situation of a chalitza mutas? They will say, it's very simple. We're going to have a situation of a recalcitrant yavam. Right? This is, the, this is going to be the nice of the case. I need the brother-in-law to do yibam. The brother-in-law doesn't want to do yibam. We'll say, why doesn't the brother-in-law want to do yibam? Why doesn't he want to do I'm sorry. Chalitza. I need the brother-in-law to do chalitza, right? Why doesn't he want to do chalitza? So it could be for a variety of reasons, right? Maybe he really wants to marry her. Let's, let's be done with Kafskos. That's possible. It could also be because what does he want? What does he want? Money, right? We're going to see. So, but let, let's go with the idea that he really is bent on marrying her, right? So now he, he's bent on marrying her. We know as a Bezdin, this marriage is not a good idea. 
right? Why isn't that a good idea? For a variety of reasons. Maybe he's 80 and she's 20, right? Usually not the recipe for success, right? So, right, or, or maybe he's just not a good guy, right? And therefore, we as the base know that this is not a good idea for a marriage, but he is bent on marrying her. How can we get him to do chalitza? So maybe I will say what we do is we fool him. And we tell him, listen, oh, you want, you, you want to do yibum? No problem. This is the process for yibum. She's going to remove your shoe. She's going to spit. You're both going to say a couple of psukim, and then we'll break the glass. Mazel tov. So the Gemara says, that can't work. I'm literally Yochanan, and he's shona. I will say four lines down on the top, kovavam adalif, and he's shona. Whether she had kavana, sorry, he had kavana, she didn't have kavana, or niskavnihi below niskavnihi, or she had kavana, he didn't have kavana, chalitza sapsula, ad she is kavdushtem keachad. Now, both say, we've already established. What does chalitza require? What does it require? Kavana. And who has to have kavana? Both parties. So if he thinks that he's marrying her by doing chalitza, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Va'at amrit chalitza sekshera. So we'll say, here's what we have. Just, just let me know what we have. We have a statement. What's the statement? Chalitza mutas. A, a mistaken chalitza, a mistaken chalitza is kosher. So we're trying to figure out what? What does it mean, a mistaken chalitza? So it can't mean, what it can't mean is that he thinks He's marrying her through this mechanism, but in fact, so th- th- that can't be. That can't be. So Ella, they both say this is incredible. Ella, kol she'omrim lo, chalutz lo, amenas shetiti lach masayim zuz. Oh, they both say, what's the case of a mistaken chalitza? They both say, this is a bit more like it. In other words, that what happens? He's willing to do chalitza. What is he willing to do chalitza for? But for what? For money. Sivan, you want money? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here, do chalitza with her on the condition that she's going to give you 200 zos. I both say, so what does he do? He does the chalitza, he does the chalitza, and now what? She refuses to pay him. She refuses to pay him. Even though she refuses to pay him, ultimately, the chalitza is a valid chalitza. It works. It works. So the Gemara says, that supports this, and obviously we'll see why this isn't just a moment. Chalitza mutas kshera. A mistaken chalitza is kasha. Ezuhi chalitza mutas. What's a mistaken chalitza? Ultimately, again, I'll say where she promises him money for chalitza. He does the chalitza and she refuses to pay. There was one story of a woman who fell for Yibam before a man who, it wasn't the right Shidduch. It just wasn't the basin, so it wasn't the right Shidduch. And they said to her, they said to him, do chalitza, we'll pay you 200 zuz. And sure enough, the episode came of Rabbi Chia. Rabbi Chia said it's a valid chalitza, and she doesn't have to pay him. So we'll say, essentially what we're saying is, a chalitza mutas, a mistaken chalitza, is a chalitza made with a tnai, with a condition, but yet for some reason the condition is a non-binding one. Why is the condition a... Rebbe will say, think about it just a moment, right? So remember again, Rachel is married to Ruvain. Ruvain dies. Ruvain dies. Ruvain has a brother, Shimon. Shimon's ready to do yibum. Rachel doesn't want to do yibum. She wants to do chalitza, but Shimon is insistent on yibum. So the only way to get Shimon to agree to chalitza is how? Is how? 
promise him money. So she promises him money. I do chalitza on the condition, I'll give you 200 zuz. He does the chalitza. Suddenly now the Gemara is saying she doesn't have to pay him. Which essentially means what? Which essentially means what? It's a non-binding condition. Why is this a non-binding condition? So we'll say it's actually quite fascinating. Take a look at the top Rashi on Kuv Vav Amadalov. Top Rashi. Even though she doesn't pay him, Chalitza Sekshera. The Chalitza is still good. Why? Listen to this. It's incredibly important. Listen to this. In general, when it comes to the halachos of a tenai, where do we learn out the halachos of tenai from? Bnei God and Bnei Ruvain. Remember again, Moshe Rabbeinu is going to leave Klal Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael. Bnei God and Bnei Ruvain say they want to settle the Transjordanian lands. They don't want to go in. So what does Moshe Rabbeinu do? He makes a tenai, makes a condition with them. What was the condition? The condition was if you go in and you fight alongside your brothers for the rest of Eretz Yisrael, then once ultimately they conquer, divide up the land, you could go back and assume your, your possession of the Transjordanian lands. I will say, the halachos of Tanayah condition are modeled after that. And there are a number of halachos that, that come out of that Tanayah. First of all, every Tanayah has to be phrased, has to be phrased in the positive and the negative. Because Moshe says to Megab and Eruvain, if you go ahead and you go along and you fight alongside your brothers, you'll get the Transjordanian land. And he says, if you don't fight alongside your brothers, you will not get the transit. So we learn out every tonight has to be phrased in the positive and negative. Another thing we learn out from B'nai Gabbanei Ruvain, which is, we'll say a tonight is only effective if it can be carried out or executed through an agent. Through an agent. I will say, where do we learn this from? Because Moshe Rabbeinu makes a tonight with B'nai Gabbanei and B'nai Ruvain. And I will say, who executes the tonight? Who executes it? Yoshua. So you see from here that in order for a tonight to be binding, it must be executable, that's a word, executable through an agent. They both say over here, when you make it tonight regarding chalitza, is it executable through an agent? And the answer is no, because no one other than the Yavam could go ahead and execute chalitza. In other words, say, the Yavam can't appoint a shaliach to go ahead and perform chalitza on his behalf. That doesn't work. So I will say, this is incredible. So because you have a situation over here that is not, you can't delegate, you can't appoint a shaliach, because you can't appoint a shaliach, it's incredible. Any tnai that you make regarding chalitza, ultimately, again, will be a non-binding tnai. Therefore, halacha lemaisa, when she goes ahead, and so I will say, so again, it's a technical detail. In order for a tonight to be binding, and any tonight, in order for it to work, has to resemble the tonight of B'nai God and B'nai Ruvain. That's ultimately, again, B'nai God and B'nai Ruvain. And therefore, one of the details there is by B'nai God and B'nai Ruvain, the tonight could be executed by a shaliach. Therefore, in order for any tonight to be binding, it has to be executable by a shaliach. Chalitza cannot be executed by a shaliach. Therefore, the tonight is non-binding. They both say, what is the effect of a non-binding tonight? What's the effect of a non-binding tonight? Halachically, how do we view it? How do we view it? As if it doesn't exist. Therefore, when a woman says to, a, to, the, to her yafam, do chalitza with me and I'll give you 200 zuz, we view that tonight as what? Simply not existing. So therefore, again, once the yafam does chalitza, chalitza is done. 
and she is not on the hook for the 200 Zuz. And we'll say, incredible, that's why the Bryce says, Chalitza Mutask Sheira. A Chalitza, that's why the, the Gemara is calling this a mistaken Chalitza. It's not really a mistaken Chalitza, it's a Chalitza with a non-binding Tanai. So Chalitza with a non-binding Tanai, the Chalitza is good, she doesn't have to pay. Says the Gemara, who does like Hamid Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, we'll say there was this situation that came up before Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, same type of thing where a woman promises to pay 200 zuz to the Yavam after he does Chalitza. Amr al-Abiti Amodi. So we'll say, here was the situation. Here was the situation. Right? Man and woman come before, come before Rabbi Chia for Chalitza. So he tells the woman, stand up, stand up. And I will say, when he tells her, stand up, Rashi says, Amodi v'syab milo. And I will say, Rabbi Chia thought that this was going to be a situation of Yibum. I said, they're coming to Bezin. The husband died, right? Ruvain died. Rachel and Shimon show up in Bezin. Rabbi Chia says, sees them. He says, okay, Rachel, do yibum. Do yibum. Amr ima. So Rachel brought her mother to Bezin. The mother says, yeshiva sa zohi amidasa. Her sitting is her standing, which was another way of saying, my daughter does not want to do yibum. The mother speaks up. My daughter doesn't want to do yibum. Amr yadatle. So Rabbi Chia says to the, to the widow, do you know your brother-in-law? Amrilei in. She says, yes. Mamonu hu dechazala. Vekavala mechleminei. There's only one reason my brother-in-law wants to marry me, and that's why? My money. My money. He wants my money, and he wants to go ahead and use my money. Amrilei. Amrila. Lo nechalach. So Rabbi Chia says to her, tell me, you don't want to marry him? Amrilei lo. She says, no. I don't want to marry him. Amrilei. So at this point, Rabbi Chia turns to the Yavam, and he says, Chalotz la. So we will say, the Yavam, in this case, the Yavam is intent on marrying the Yavama. Now, now we know this, uh, this, uh, the sub-story over here. He wants her money. He's refusing to do Chalitza. Rabbi Chia says, okay, Yavam, let her take off your shoe, and through that you will marry her. Labasra de Chalatz, after she took off the shoe, Amralei, Hashtaminach Ifsalala, so remember again, this type of chalitza where he thinks she's married, he's marrying her through this, obviously it doesn't work. It's not chalitza. But I will say, what have we seen? Anytime you do some behavioral part of the chalitza process, the chalitza ceremony, I will say, what does that do? It shuts the door to Yibom. So I will say, this is fascinating. So what Rabbi Chia does is, he tricks the guy. He tricks the guy into letting the Yavama take off his shoe. Now, once, now again, so the Yavam says, Yavam thinks he's getting married. But once she takes off his shoe, I'll say, what does that do? That closes the door to Yibum. So he says, Yavam, sorry, now you can't marry her. Now, it's true, proper Chalitza has not been done, so she can't marry anyone else. But Lamaisa, Rabbi says, now, once she can no longer marry you, do regular Chalitza, so that she can marry to the general population. So he tricked him. He tricked him. Now, say, remember again, tr- I want to be clear. Tricking the brother-in-law does not affect Chalitza. The only thing it does do is what? Closes the door on Yibo. say, but this is an important Gemara. Because what you see over here, what you see over here is that the Rabbanim were actively intervening on behalf of the woman to prevent a Yibum situation when she did not want to do Yibum. Bas chamod rapapa, naf lefne yavim sheinu hagolam. Supposed to listen to this. The daughter-in-law, right? The daughter-in-law of Rapapa, or I should say the, the daughter of the sister of, of Rapapa, 
fell, fell before Yavam, that wasn't a good match. So we'll say another situation of where, remember again, Beisdin, Beisdin, we saw in the Mishnah, Beisdin gives the Yavam advice, do marry her, don't marry her. So these are examples, these are stories of where Beisdin saw, not a good idea for this couple to get married. So apparently the man still wanted to marry the woman. Beisdin saw this is not a good shidduch. So what happened? Beisdin says to the man, take, let her take off your shoe, and through taking off the shoe, you'll marry her. So we'll say, I what about that? Rabbi Yochanan said, what should we do? So what should we do? We'll say, now remember again, Rabbi Yochanan says, that Allah says it's not proper chalitz until when? Until they both have kavana. So what are you accomplishing over here by tricking him into having him take uh, into, into having him allow into having him allow her to take off his shoe? To which the says, Rather, the better thing to do is promise him money. Promise him money. Right? So they said to the Yavam, listen, this is not going to work out. So do chalitza, make some good money off of it. Let her do chalitza, and if you let her do chalitza, ultimately we'll pay you 200 zuz. Le basar de chalitz, as after, after the woman took off the shoe, Amr la zil havle. He said to her, go pay him. Now in this case over here, in this case over here, ultimately again, Abayi said to the woman, you should pay him. You should pay him. Amar lay, Amar lay, Mishat ani b'cha avdulay. So she says, no, I was just kidding around. I was just kidding. Ha ha. Right, good one. Right, I promised you 200 zuz, but I didn't, didn't really mean it. Essentially what she was saying was, I made a non-binding agreement with you. First of all, you're, 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 you're not such a nice guy, right? I didn't want to marry you. Right? So you shouldn't have done this to begin with. If I didn't want to marry you, you should have let me out with Chalitza. You didn't want to let me out with Chalitza. You thought you're going to exploit me. Joke's on you. Now I'm a Chalitza. I don't have to marry you, and I'm not giving you anything. I was kidding around with you. So as for all, say, didn't we learn? Milo Tanya, say, this is actually a fascinating case. Let's say a person was running away from jail, right? Not to be clear, he didn't do it, right? I want to be going to go on record. Obviously, right? He's innocent, right? He's innocent. He was taken advantage, all right? So he's running away from jail. We'll say, so what happened? Here's what's amazing. He comes to a river, right? So there's a guy with a boat by the bank of the river. And what happens? Imagine the following scenario, right? So what happens? The boat driver said, no, I'm not, I'm not ferrying any passengers, right? Especially those in orange jumpsuits, right? I'm not ferrying anyone. I'm not ferrying anyone. So what happens? The escapee tells the boat driver, I'll pay you $1,000. Pay you $1,000. So we'll say, let's say, let's say, let's say normally the fare across the river is $50. He promises him an exorbitant amount of money. What's that? We'll say once the uh, escapee gets to the other side of the river, the only thing he's on the hook for is what? Is what? Is the normal fare. Is the normal fare. So I both say, there is this concept in halacha when people commit themselves to exaggerated sums in times of duress. Halacha, I say, the only thing they're really accountable for is what we'll call the normal wage, the normal amount. Normal amount. Because he could say, because why? I, I, you promised me $1,000, the boat driver could say, to which the escapee says, it was under duress. I was kidding around with you. I was kidding. I was on the run. I had to commit to anything to get me to the other side of the river. That's how I committed to you. So the Gemara says, So to over here, the woman could say, I was kidding around. 
I was kidding around, right? And I was saying, now here is even stronger, right? Why, why over here is strong? Because as we saw before, halacha lamaisa, really this type of tenai is a non-binding tenai. Because the, the only time that a tenai is binding is when, is when that ultimately it can be executed through a shaliach. Here, chalitza cannot be executed through a shaliach. So this is really a non-binding tenai. Amr avucha. So So ultimately, so I'll say, listen to this. So I'll say, so, so this, this is a conversation ultimately, again, between Abaye and Rav Papa. So I will say, so remember, in this case, Abaye wanted her to pay. Rav Papa says, no, she doesn't have to pay. She doesn't have to pay. And Rav Papa goes through the whole reasoning. So I'll say, it's a very strange end to the story. Amr So Amr Avucha Hecha. Zabai says to Rav Papa, Tell me, where is your father? Right? Sabai says, Well, where is your father? So ultimately, my father is in the city. Where is your mother? My mother is in the city. Zura Papa responding, Abai put his eyes against Papa's parents and they died. Okay, what's, what's happening? Rabbi said, Take a look at Rashi. So Avucha Hecha, Amr Abai, the Papa, Avucha Hecha, Kilomar. Listen to this. Abai says to Rav Papa, you must have parents who are alive and supporting you that you have the ability to learn without any financial worry. And that's why your learning, right? Your teaching, your learning is so clear to you. And I both say, I want to be clear. Abai was not upset at Rav Papa. Abai was not upset, but he was saying to Rav Papa is clearly the ability, you, you have such clarity, it must be that you have such incredible bracha in life that you have no financial worry. Rav said, when you have no financial worry, you know the daf really well, right? You know right? When there's no obligation to go to work, no obligation to run anywhere, you could chazer, you could this, you could that. So Abai was just remarking. See, Rav said, so what happened over here? As a result, essentially, of Ayin Hara, so, so Rav Papa's parents passed away. They both say, let's talk about this in just a moment. What's, what's, what's Ayin Hara, right? So we see this a lot, Ayin Hara. I don't want to Ayin Hara. So Ayin Hara is like this. When a person utilizes his brachos in life in a way which gives other people tsar, which, give other, which gives other people pain, that's where Kodesh Baruch Hu says, if you're using your brachos in a way which causes other people pain, I'm taking away your brachos. And I both say, now that's true even if I don't intentionally use my brachos in a way to cause other people tsar. See, I both say, when it comes to one's blessings, one has to be at tsanua. One has to be modest. Because I never know how my brachos cause other people tsar. I both say, Abai didn't have parents. Abai didn't have parents. She sees Rav Papa. And Rav Papa has such clarity, and Rav Papa seems so calm, and Rav Papa doesn't seem to have a care in the world. And Rav Papa says, wow, it's incredible. You must have parents who take care of you. You must have parents who support you. That's incredible. And it must be that that bracha caused Abaye pain. And as a result of Rav Papa's bracha of parents caused Abaye pain, Abaye lost that bracha. I will say, it's just a din insensitivity as to how we use our bracha. So we'll say, you know, this happens all the time. You hear people complain about things. Sometimes you don't realize that that which you are complaining about is something, is something that someone else doesn't have. I will say, how many times 
Do you hear a person complain about carpool? Ah, oh, I had to drive this carpool, this carpool. I would say, you know how many people in this world would give anything to drive carpool? Now, I don't mean the act of driving carpool, but I mean the, uh, having the skills to drive children to school, right? Or, or a person complains about something about their spouse. How many people wouldn't yearn to have a bracha of a spouse, right? Or, or a person talks about, oh, the market's down. The market's down. Shkoyach, right? How many people wouldn't like to have a parnasa so that they could worry about where the market's holding or not? And again, I will say, these things are not said, they're not said, in an arrogant, bragging way. They're said because a person's making conversation. But sometimes the very thing that I'm talking about represents a bracha that the person I'm talking to, as I was saying very often, you don't know. You, 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 again, you, you see someone, you don't know who has children, who doesn't have children, who's married, who's not married, right? Who goes ahead and has parnasa, who doesn't have parnasa. But a person has to be so careful about how they talk about their brachos in life. Because just in an unknowing way, by talking about something that you have, you could cause pain to someone else who doesn't have it. It's a heightened level. We'll say, by the way, you see this now the second time we've seen this today, how careful you have to be in your interactions with another to never cause another Jew pain. Incredible. We'll say, let's go weiter. Says the Gemara, turn around on, Chalitza Mutas Kshera. As you just saw before, we call, again, the Gemara is calling this a mistaken Chalitza. But really, really, what does mistaken Chalitza mean? A Chalitza with a non-binding condition. Says the Gemara, get Muta Puzzle. Now, a get given under mistaken pretenses ultimately is going to be puzzle. Chalitza mu'usis psula. A coerced chalitza is puzzle. Get mu'usa kasher. But yet a coerced get, a coerced get is kasher. Okay, what's the case? Hey, dami. What's the case of coercion? If it's a case of we're applying pressure, but at the end of the day he says, I want to do it. Afilu chalitzunami. I will say that type of coercion, even by chalitza, should work. In other words, say, let's say we need the guy to do chalitza, and we beat him up until he says, you know what, I thought about it a little bit. I thought about it, and four black eyes and uh, two broken ribs later, or maybe it's better, two black eyes and four broken ribs later, right? Lemais, I thought about it, and I decided, you know, I really want to do chalitza. So I'll say, if that's the case, then it should work. It should work. And if he doesn't say, I want to, get nami lo. Get, get coerce, get shouldn't work either. Mistaken chalitza, which we've identified to mean what? A chalitza given with a non-binding t'nai will be kosher. The get muta the olam pasal. Then I will say mistaken get is no longer going to work. I will say, if a man thinks something different is happening when he gives her a get, that does not work. That does not work. Right? So a get given under mistaken pretenses will be pasal. Chalitza mu'usis v'get mu'usa zimnin kasher v'zimnin pasher. Well, say, listen to this. But a chalitza done under coercion or a get done under coercion sometimes works, sometimes doesn't work. So the Gemara says, when does it work? Hada amarotzani, right? Hada amarotzani. See, I will say, if there's coercion, but the husband says, I don't, I don't want, but he never says, I want to do it, then a coerced chalitza and a coerced get will not work. But Allah says, if there's coercion, and he finally comes to the point where what? He says, I want to, then what? Then it'll work. Then it'll work. So the Gemara says, the Sanya, Yakriv Oso. I will say the Pasik says, talking about a carbon, Yakriv Oso, he will bring it. Malamid, Shekofen Oso. I will say it means that by sacrificial law, 
you could force a person to go ahead and bring a carbon that he is obligated to do so. Yochel bar kolcho, you might have thought that he could even force him to do it against as well. Tamalomar alert, so no, no, it has to be according to his will. So we'll say, how does that work? Yakriv also means we could coerce him to bring a carbon that he's obligated to do. But yet a carbon has to be according to his will. So how does that work? Kofin oso sani. We'll say, how does it work? How does it work? You force him until he says, what? I want to. Force him until he says, I want to. And we'll say, by the way, I'll just point out, <laughs> just a moment. I know the guy doesn't want to. I know the guy doesn't want to. But yet what? He, now, now what does he say? Now what does he say? Right? I want to. Most of literally, he's doubled over in pain. Right? You've broken every bone in his body. Oh, I want to. I want to. I want to. And we'll say, by the way, you see from here, the Koach Hadibor. The Koach Hadibor. will say that sometimes, sometimes the only way to move yourself forward in life is to make a verbal declaration of intent. I want to. Even though in my heart, I don't want to. In my soul, I don't want to. But sometimes the only way to move yourself forward is with a verbal declaration. I will say, by the way, this is why the Rambam in Hilchos Tshuva, Perak Aleph, Halacha Aleph, talks about the mitzvah of Vidui. And what does Rambam say? Chayim Lisvados. And how does Vidui take place? Befiv. See, I cognitive Vidui. Confessing something in your heart or in your head is meaningless. The only time vidui is meaningful is if you actively articulate it with your words. Why? Because words create realities. And I will say sometimes the only path forward is to verbally articulate something. So in this case, even though the guy internally may not want to, the fact that he articulates, I want to, that is his true ratzon. So I will say it's interesting. Sometimes my true ratzon is what I have in my heart, and sometimes my true ratzon is what I say with my lips. And the truth is, sometimes in life, when you're at a stalemate, when you can't move yourself forward, the best way to move yourself forward is articulate what you want to do, who you want to be, where you want to go. Because if you say it enough, you'll get there. But if you don't say it, if you don't create a verbal reality for yourself, You'll just remain mired in your current circumstances. It's incredible. We'll say interesting case. We can do chalitza even if Bezin doesn't recognize the people in question. Similarly, we can do mion even if we don't recognize the parties. In kosvin get chalitza, ella imkin makirin. Then kosvin get miun, ella imkin makirin dechashinin lebeizd in toin. So I will say, therefore, Allah halamaisa. I will say, now we haven't spoken about this explicitly, but after a woman does chalitza, they would give her like a document, just a piece of paper that says, by the way, this woman did chalitza. That's kind of her license to to get married to the general population. The Gemara says you don't write that document unless, of course, what? Unless, of course, what? That the witnesses or the beizd recognizes the people who are coming along and doing chalitza or miyon. The same would apply if you have a girl who is married off by her mother or her brother. So she is a minor who is married off into a rabbinic marriage. We only do miyon, we only write a document for miyon if we recognize the parties. The Rava Dideam, Rava himself said, Ein cholzen, ele imkin makirin. This is halacha lemaisa. Chalitza, Beisdin, will not do chalitza Unless, of course, they know the parties. And I both say, knowing the parties could mean that halacha lemaisa, either again, the members of the basin actually know them, or 
they receive edos, solidifying or not solidifying, um, um, attesting to the identity of these people, right? This is Rachel and this is Shimon. And Beisdin will not go ahead and do Mion unless, of course, we know the identities of the people involved. The Kosvin get Mion, therefore, I will say, witnesses are allowed to go ahead and write up a document of Chalitza or Mion, even if the witnesses themselves don't recognize the parties. Why? Because since Beisdin will only do a Chalitza, if the Beisdin recognizes the parties, or Beisdin will only do Mion, if Beisdin recognizes the parties, therefore what? The witnesses are permitted to draft the document even if they don't recognize them. Because since the Beisdin recognizes them, that's enough. Because I will say, we're not concerned about Beisdin making a mistake. And I will say, that is indeed how we pass in Allah, that in order for a Beisdin to do Chalitza or Mion, the Beisdin must recognize the people, the parties, the parties involved. Whether Beisdin knows them on their own or what? Or what? Or Halacha Lameisa. Or Halacha Lameisa. Um, Beisdin has Eidos to go and ascertain about the identities. But Beisdin will not do a Chalitza or a Miyun if Beisdin does not know the people involved. But say Amad Beis, Mishnah. But say really fascinating the Mishnah. Mitzvah Chalitza Ba Ba. Mitzvah Chalitza. But say, here we go. It's fascinating. It's the last mission of the parak. What's the mitzvah of chalitza? What's the process? Here we go. Bahu vivim to abazin. We'll say it's fascinating. It's the last mishnah. It's the mission of the first mishnah. Here we go. Bahu vivim to abazin. So we'll say here's the case. Rachel was married to Ruvain. Ruvain died without children. So now Rachel and Shimon, surviving brother, come to Beisdin. And I will say the first thing Beisdin does is Beisdin looks at the shidduch. Right? Beisdin looks at the shidduch. And Beisdin says to Shimon. Good idea, not a good idea. Shenemar, the Karla Zikne Imo, the Dabro Elov, the Hiomeris, and I will say, so now what happens? Let's assume right now that this is a situation where we're going to do Chalitza. Right? So the first step is they show up in Beisdin, Beisdin sizes up the Shidduch. Good idea, not a good idea. Let's assume for a moment now we're talking about a case where there's going to be Chalitza. The Omeris, I will say, so now, now what's the process for Chalitza? The Omeris, I will say, Remember again, she has a speaking part. What's her first speaking part? So ultimately, I will say the first speaking part over here is she comes along and says, My brother in law does not want to establish a name for his deceased brother. Right? He does not want to marry me. And now he says, Yes, I do not want to marry her. So she speaks, My brother in law doesn't want to marry me. He says, I don't want to marry her. And all of this took place in the Pesukim, in in Hebrew. So we'll say, then what happens? So ultimately, again, the, the Yavama comes in front of him, in front of the Beisdin. She removes the shoe from his foot. The Yarkab of and she spits in his face. Now we're going to see spits in his face doesn't literally mean she spits in his face. It means she spits in front of him. Right? So what says, here's the process. She says her line, my brother-in-law doesn't want to marry me. He says his line, I do not want to marry her. She goes over to him, right? Takes off his shoe, spits in front of him. And they both say, when it comes to the spitting, and it has to be, the spit has to be visible. Say, so the actual saliva has to be visible in front of the dayanim. And then she speaks again and she says, 
This is what's done to the man who does not want to build his brother's home. So we'll say, you used to be that this was the end of Chalitza. Done. Done. Hatzlacha rabbit, everyone. When he used to conduct chalitza underneath the oak tree in the village of Itam, the Gomorrah's Kala Parsha, he would say the rest of the Parsha of chalitza as well. This practice took kind of caught on, and they said the rest of the Parsha of chalitza. The Nikra Shemobi, so. And Abosai then had as it end, they will call his name, talking about the brother-in-law, the house of the removed shoe. And Abosai, who is supposed to say that? The Dayonim say this phrase. This Pasek. The Dayonim would say this. His name and Klali soul should be. And Abosai, it is a mitzvah on the Dayonim to say that. Not that you would often have Talmidim who were there as well. So the Talmidim would say this. Rabbi Yehuda says, Mitzvah akola omdim lomar chalutzanal. Rabbi Yehuda would say, no, 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 it was the mitzvah upon everyone assembled to say base chalutzanal. So we'll say, Amr Rabbi Yehuda, mitzvah chalitza. Rabbi will say, what is the process for chalitza? Here it is. Kora v'korei v'chobetes v'rokaka v'kora v'rokaka v'kora. So we'll say, here's the order. Here's the order. What's the order? She says her line, my brother-in-law doesn't want to marry me. He says his line, I don't want to marry her. She removes the shoe, she spits, and then she says again, this is what is done ultimately to the man who will not go ahead and rebuild this home. That's the process. What is Rabbi Huda coming to teach us? This is exactly what the Mishnah just said. It's just restating the Mishnah. First white line, Mitzvahachi, that this is the ideal order. She speaks, he speaks, removal of the shoe, spitting, right? Spitting, and now one last recitation, right? Now, both say, again, whether the recitation, right? Then, then her recitation of Kachaya Seliish, to which the verse, V'i'apich les lanba. Now, both say, we already learned this. What is the Gemara coming to teach me? That halacha lemaisa, if what? If you switch the order, it's okay. Now, we've already seen this. This is the ideal order, but if you mess up the order, it's not ma'akev. To which the Gemara Satan that supports this, whether you moved, whether you made the removal of the shoe before the spitting, as much as the Mishnah is outlining the ideal process, she speaks, he speaks, removal of shoe, spit, she speaks, and then it appears that there's really one general statement at the end. That's the ideal order. If you mess up the order, the chalitza is still good. Amra Baye, Haiman de Makri, get chalitza, lo likri lidida, lo lichude, va'avay vami lichude. So, this is very interesting. Sabai says, remember, I will say, as we've seen, as we've seen, the Bayesdin feeds the lines to the man and to the woman. So, what's Abaye is saying that when you feed the lines, you have to be careful to feed certain phrases intact. So for example, I will say, the first thing the woman says is, me'ein yivami lahakim la'achiv. Right? Lo'ava yabmi. My brother-in-law does not want. Now, Abayi says, don't make sure you feed her the phrase lo'ava 
as one intact phrase. Don't say lo and then ava. Why? Because I will say what could happen. So the Gemara says, Demashma ava yivami. Because I will say, then what does it sound like? Lo is no. Ava means what? Wants to. Wants to. If you feed that phrase independently, it sounds like the Yavam wants to marry the Yavama. So make sure to feed her the phrase lo ava as one phrase. Ella lo ava yivami. Similarly, again, when the Yavam is going to say lo chafatzti, don't feed him that phrase as lo and then chafatzti, because if he says the word chafatzti by itself, it sounds like what? He wants to marry her. Rather, the Yavam says, Feed that to him as one phrase. I do not want to marry her. Rav Amar Rav says, Rav says, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Everyone, everyone understands what's going on over here. Sometimes they both say, depending on the person, you could only feed them so many words at once. But we understand in context, even if you break up between lo and ava, or lo and chafatsti, we understand what's happening over here. What's happening over here? Chalitza. And why do people do chalitza? Why do they do chalitza? Because they don't want to do yibum. So because we understand what's happening over here, don't worry about the fact if there's a pause in the words. Incredible. Ravashi say, Ravashi saw that Rav Kahana was very makbid, was very makbid, and only to read her, lo ava yivami, lo mar, lo rava. Didn't sure what Rava said. Rava said, don't worry about breaking up the words. It doesn't make a difference. Amar moda rava, belo ava yivami. Even Rava agrees, Rabosai, in that first phrase that she says, Lo Ava Yivami, my brother-in-law does not want to marry me, that phrase has to be intact. Even though Rava says other phrases you could be making on, that first phrase, which is really the phrase that begins Chalitza, at the end of the day, even Rava agrees that phrase has to be intact. Amra Baye, Haiman de Kasev Gita de la Chalitzasa, Lichtov Hachi. So it's an interesting case now. See, Rabosai, they're calling this now what they call the Gita de Chalitzasa. Most what this really means is like this. It appears that Beisdin would, would often have like a piece of parchment, right, with the parsha of Chalitza on it. So they would have that. Because remember again, Beisdin, most people coming into, most people coming into Beisdin for Chalitza, Rabosai, do not know their lines by heart, right? So what does Beisdin have to do? They have to feed them the line. Now Beisdin should have the text in front of them. Where do they have the text from? So you could open up a Sefer Torah, but that'd be a little bit, you know, tedious. So we'll say, so they would have the parsha of Chalitza written on a piece of parchment, right? written on a piece of parchment. So we'll say, now we're gonna get into the halachos concerning that piece of, so Modi Rava, so the Yom Sha'arma Abayi, Hayman de Kasev Gita de Chalitzasa, Lichtov Hachi. We'll see, you know, we'll stop over here for today. We'll pick up, we'll say, well, Mirza Hashem was trying to finish the parak, but we'll finish the parak in Mirza Hashem tomorrow. We'll say again, Mirza Hashem, beautiful, beautiful Gemara ahead of us the next few days. Shkoyach, a little bit of an advanced mazel tov, but we'll get there tomorrow. Shkoyach. Yeah. Hopefully also.